Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock and Roll Podcast. I am your host, John Harris, and on my behind me over here, there he is, pop, he just popped into the frame, is my right hand man, Gabriel. And today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Old Selves, and they have a new EP called Two Minds. It'll be released on January 1st of 2021. Right now, I'm being joined by Felix, Tom, and Ray, the important members of the band. And they can share some more information about a couple of tracks, what they've been up to this year, that sweet, delicious, tasty quarter stack that they've got behind them. Like they, Beautiful. They didn't have combo amps inside. Actually, that's a really good question. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but first, boys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Mark. Thanks for being here. Absolutely great to have you on. Uh, true story, young man with the beard and the red sweater, you remind me of one of my uh, Canadian promoter friends, John Asher, who has a beard and wears red sweaters. He's known for it. He sounds like a good-looking guy. He he is. He's a tremendous. He's an astonishingly good-looking young man, just like yourself. Beautiful. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, now, I'm curious. We got some equipment behind us. Let's chat about that. Is that equipment on the tracks that we're hearing? Is that equipment on the EP? Well, <laughs> no, it isn't actually. So. So this this amp behind us, the EVH five one fifty, is a new addition. Um, myself and Marcus, who unfortunately isn't here because it, it's not too well, but the other guitarists in the band, we both run EVH five one fifties. Now we've done that to sort of um, fill out our, our live sound. Really, on the EP, we actually used um, an Engel head, um, and we put it through Marcus's custom Zilla cab. Um, I'm not sure what speakers he used in it, actually. Um, it sounded pretty good, though. It didn't take much editing. It sounded pretty fast straight away. Um, but, yeah, we've, we've sort of just built we've built our backline up a bit um, quite um, optimistically in preparation for, for going out and playing shows. Um, at some point in our lives. One day. One day. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, so I've just invested in that myself um, to, to match up with Marcus's EVH, and um, they sound pretty beefy live. So. Mm-hmm. It is a big slab of roast beef. Now, <laughs> something that you mentioned was in the studio you used Ingles, which have a significantly tighter mid-range response, making it ideal for metal in the studio. Uh, however, I'm curious, what was it about the angle that you used in the studio that you didn't feel would translate to the live set that you needed an extra helping of roast beef to just chuck at people, uh, from the stage? Well, you know, um, I don't think it's, it's necessarily all about the sound of the angle that wasn't sort of, um, able to be brought across to, to beef up the live sound. It was more about the size of the damn thing. Uh, <laughs> it was absolutely huge. And um, I think one of the one of the main sort of selling points for EVH is for us, especially the 50-watt models, is that they're quite transportable. Um, and that's one of the main reasons we're actually using those. Just sound-wise, obviously, they're, they're very different amps. But um, I think we just felt like we had quite a lot of, quite a lot of movement tone-wise with the angle to, in terms of sort of recording. Um, whereas EVHs, I mean, yeah, you, you can mess about with them and do whatever you like with them. They're, they're real blank canvas, especially for, you know, the modulation and effects and stuff. But 
to, to me, the, the EVH is a bit of a plug-and-play machine. You just plug in and it, it sounds pretty awesome pretty straight, pretty quickly. So, um, so yeah, there's there's not a particular reason, right, really, why we recorded with the angle and, and, and we haven't brought it into the live rig, um, other than the fact that it's huge <laughs> and we, we only have so much space in the van. <laughs> and you want to be in a when you play live, you can stand on stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <clears throat> Very, very true. Um, I remember when they first started coming out with those small amps and uh, a lot of touring bands were starting to use them for obvious reasons. It's not; it's getting more and more costly to transport gear. Um, and I don't know. I didn't notice a difference. To be perfectly honest, there's a microphone stuck up right next to the speaker. So um, I thought it was great when they came out and they had like a little micro uh, uh, Hughes and Kettner, the last band I saw there from Finland, they had a micro Hughes and Kettner that sounded nasty, mean, despicable, and then uh, the other guy had a, a micro 5150, and could have fooled me, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. Beautiful. I mean, once somebody told me, that I think they, were, they said, ah, oh, EVHs are, they're not that heavy, like, they're, they're not for heavy metal. And now you look around and, like, all the heavy bands are using, well, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of heavy bands are using them, and that's just because they're such awesome, versatile amps. And then you look at Gajira, I mean, they've got a freaking wall of EVHs. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're pretty heavy bands in my books, so. Yeah. I think the only guy who didn't use them was EVH, or did he? <laughs> yeah, well, he certainly, made, he certainly made money on them anyway, like. <laughs> <laughs> He sure did. Actually, I remember when his tone kind of changed in the 90s, and I think that, because I heard the rumor that there was, even though there was a 5150 on stage, behind it was his Marshall. Uh, And I don't know if I believe that or not. Uh, I've chatted with PV directly uh, at the NAM show, if you guys know what that is. It's a big big thing in California. So I was there. I chatted with PV at the time when they were switching over to the 6505, and the rumor then was that they were completely different amps. And, and PV said directly to my face and to my eye sockets, they said, they're the exact same amp. We just have to change the name because Eddie's no longer working with us. But they're the exact same amp. People still okay. people still debate on that one. Uh, but anyway... Could, co- sorry? <clears throat> you were going to say? I, I could believe that, to be fair. Definitely could. Yeah. Um, cool. Fantastic. Now, that brings us into the EP, Two Minds. I see three people, though. So maybe take us into the Two Minds on this EP. What is this EP about? Okay, so um, the EP really is, I mean, the lyric lyric content really is about, I mean, our observations of the world, really. And I know that sounds very cliche, but... It is, and it's our observations of, of other people and, and their minds and how they react to stress and, and, and mental health difficulties. And, I mean, generally just, you know, what's going on in the world. I mean, the past sort of six months to a year have been a perfect opportunity for us to sort of sit back and look at how people are responding to the stresses of day-to-day life. Um, and I'm, I'm a mental health nurse by profession, and I see a lot of people struggling with what we call common mental health disorders like anxiety and depression. And, um, and you know, I, I've just sort of made a bit of a reflective account in a, in, in a couple of the songs about that. And, um, 
and, and sort of those people's experiences and how they explain their experiences. Um, the, yeah, I mean, the EP is not the cheeriest EP, to be honest. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not about um, rainbows and, and unicorns, but it's it's been quite cathartic writing it and, 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 and playing it in, in rehearsal. Obviously, we haven't played any live shows with, with it yet. Um, and it's been quite nice, really, just to sort of reflect on that because as I say it has been mine and and Ray's as well Ray's helped with the lyrics quite a lot for, for the EP it's, it's been quite quite nice to just reflect in, in playing it in our music and, and think about mm-hmm. those things that we've observed yeah so is this these common mental uh, health disorders are they something that you guys have experienced yourselves or this is just accounts from uh, the people that you're working with and, and uh, funneling that into uh, lyrics. It's it's a combination of both. Um, I think, you know, most people in the world would be lying if they said they hadn't had a low point in their lives at some point. I think we all do, and I think that um, it's also getting easier for people to admit that. But some people do still find it difficult to sort of speak about that. Um, but yeah, I think it's a combination of both. Four, 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 in particular. Um, was actually triggered by personal experiences in the band. Um, the songs about a panic attack and having a panic attack, and sort of try to um, get the vibe of a panic attack across in the sound of the song, but also quite obviously in the lyrics. Um, I think I screamed the word panic about uh, 25, 30 times in the song, so <laughs> it's fairly, fairly clear. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's a breathing technique. It's a- yeah, yeah. Four, four, four is a breathing technique. Um, something I use in work. Um, it's a simple one. You breathe in for four seconds. You hold it for four seconds, and you breathe out for four seconds. Um, and that's something that I try to get people to get into the routine of doing if they feel like they're panicking, because um, you're able to use it to ground yourself and sort of think about that four in, hold for four and four out, and and it can be quite a good sort of simple breathing exercise to do. But yeah, in, in direct answer to your question, it's it's about our observations and my observations of, of people I've worked with, but also our own personal experiences for all, all the members of the band. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how things are going in England, but here in Canada, I've read that there is a roughly 60% increase in suicides alone this year. Uh, mm-hmm. And then calls for hotlines and whatnot have have surged uh incredibly is that something that you're seeing as well in your line of work this year has it become i don't know if i want to call it significantly more taxing but how have how's the year gone for you from that perspective um it's it's difficult to say really because i I work in um what what's called a crisis team um over here um, and a crisis team is basically a first point of contact for people in a mental health crisis. Um, and you can self-refer in or you can be referred in by anybody, basically. Um, and whether that be like your, your doctor, your GP or, or, or whoever, any other health professional or family member. So really, unfortunately, in, in my job, in, in, the, in the job I do in the team I work in, um, we do sometimes see suicide anyway. Um I've not noticed um, an increase in that in our team necessarily uh, because we're, I mean, <laughs> I've got to say this, but we're a great team and we do good work and I think we help a lot of people and, and we help people find options that are, is not suicide. Um, but 
I do know that suicide is on the up in, in the UK as well, um, similar to, to your percentages over there, I think. Um, it certainly has increased quite a bit. Um, and I think, and this again, this is something I've spoken about in the EP a little bit. I, I'm just sort of looking into the future and thinking alcoholism is going to be on the up. A lot of people have been sat at home not doing anything and just having a drink and that's become an everyday occurrence for some people. Uh, and, you know, um, domestic abuse and, and domestic violence and, and things like that. And also loneliness. It's just a huge one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not as much for our generation, but certainly older generations, um, that'll, be, that'll be higher. So, yeah, I think it's a similar picture over here. But in in work, I've, I've not noticed anything specific in that regard just because of the nature of, of, of the work. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay, so we've now chatted about the EP. We've chatted about the track triple four 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 uh, i don't know what you do when you breathe out at the end of it do you do you just what do you do after that just kidding. You fix. <laughs> <laughs> then you take a seat in the hall so is it just like one seat by itself i'm so confused a seat in the hall i was like whoa but then it also as a canadian as old as i am because i'm ancient i immediately thought of kids in the hall i don't know why but it's a canadian comedian comedy show called kids in the hall right Um, which was a show, and then eventually they made a movie uh, with one of our classics, Mark McKinney. Mark McKinney. Uh, He had a funny Eastern uh, Canadian accent. But if he's listening, which I doubt, but if he's listening, I love you. Um, And anybody in Eastern Eastern Canada, I love you. Uh, Seat in the Hall, though. What is this track about? What is the Seat in the Hall? Where does this play into the theme for the album, or not the album, but the EP that we just uh, chatted about? Okay, so... Again, as, as as the main lyric writer of the band, I spoke about sort of my own experiences. Um, I said to myself, I'd never write a political song. I said, I said to myself, I'd never do it. But I was that annoyed at, at, at the situation at the time um, that I felt I needed to. And again, it felt pretty cathartic to do so. It was quite it's quite a therapeutic experience. Um, the seat in the hall is actually a line that you came up with, isn't it, Ray, really? And we, I mean, it's it's about the government, it's about the UK government, the song predominantly, and it's about their treatment of people in general, and it's also about their treatment of nurses in, in the NHS and how um, they went out once a week for months and clapped for them, but then absolutely slated them the next day on on national television um and it was just sort of like you know where are we at here um and i'm I'm a relatively newly qualified nurse as well so i was sort of coming to that time where i was qualifying as a nurse and i was you know trying to be proud of my profession which i am and i always have been but i just thought there's people going out on the street and and there's there's the prime minister on the television clapping for us and then the next day you know, his health secretary is on TV saying, oh, you know, we're going to get mental health services resumed as soon as possible. I'm sat there thinking, I've just done a 13 and a half hour shift. You know, I've spoken to hundreds of people today who want to kill themselves. And you're saying you're going to resume mental health services. We never stopped, man. So, <laughs> and I was just thinking, that's, it's, you know, there's, it's just a, a lack of understanding, I guess. But it was, <laughs> it was frustrating. And... Um, so yeah, it's about that, and it's also about um, our and uh, and other people's frustration towards the situation, I guess. Um, 
I don't think it's an easy job for anybody to to run a country during a pandemic, and I certainly don't envy those people. Um, but at the same time, I think they've made some trip ups that they could have avoided. Um, the seat in the hall, really. I mean, you you wrote that line, right? So you can expand on it if you like. But I see it as. A big seat in a hall. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, and, and, you know, like people in higher power just sat on that seat, just sort of looking down on people or even just looking over them and, and not not really paying attention as they should do. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them realize they're never going to get reelected, so who cares? Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers I'm, crossed, man. I'm, I'm, it's never I'm, stopped before. Yeah, it hasn't stopped them before, but maybe this time. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I guess it depends on where everybody's election periods are, but there's been a few elections across the country here in Canada that have just completely nixed out people who were making bad decisions because they made enough of them, the election came up, and bam, people didn't have to remember. They It was going on right then and there. So I think that I've seen some whipped tail behavior come across, at least in Canada, where... You know, we've got an election here in Alberta coming up in a couple of years, and right now our premier of Alberta has got the lowest rating in all of Canada because of just the ass-backwards stupid shit that moron has been doing. But um, he also took to the podium and said stuff when I thought, this guy's never going to get elected. Listen to what he's saying. And I was yeah. I was wrong. Uh, but now we're dealing with the, the effects of what happens when people vote for somebody like that. It's kind of like our version of Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, huh? Um, But yeah, it's kind of sort of interesting thing, right? Uh, We had the same thing here. Our, uh, not the federal health minister, they've been great, but our provincial health minister takes to the podium and says, thank you to all of our frontline workers. Without you, this, this couldn't be possible. And then on the back end, he's been cutting their wages. Yeah, that's that's a prime example of, of how it's suffering here in a way. We haven't had our wages cut, but uh, yeah. They've actively voted against pay rises. They, they, they have actively voted against it uh, in a big majority as well. Uh, yeah, pretty shocking. Wow. Okay, now, something you mentioned a couple of times was playing shows. You guys said that you had purchased a new backline so that you could play some shows. Obviously, that hasn't happened to my knowledge uh, in the UK, pretty much most of the year, nine months or so. Yeah, since March. Yeah. 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 Um, so I guess, how has this year then gone for you guys? Because obviously you had uh, the EP is going to be released January 1st. Has that been moved? How did the whole plan go? And I guess, how did you guys work around the COVID situation this year? <laughs> Well, I mean, we introduced, so um, sort of at the start of lockdown, we had a lineup change. Um, so we brought Tom, Tom in, and uh, hey, Tom. he's here, you know. <laughs> um, one of the best drummers in York, probably one of the best. Um, anyway, so we brought Tom and Marcus in, um, again, one of the best guitarists in York, in, in our humble opinion. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so we had some lineup changes and, and some people left and we brought some new people in um, so that we could go in a direction that we wanted to go in. Um, so basically, we've all tells of, has, has been what it is today um, and it's only become that since lockdown. And we did we did 
everything we could during lockdown within within the rules um, to get together and, and write music and stuff. And then sort of as we're coming towards the end of lockdown, we were planning the EP and things. Um, 1st of January release date is the release date we originally aimed for with the current tracks. We did have another EP written um, before that. Um, and obviously we just decided when we got new members, we said, let's just start again. We think we can do way, way better. We think we can push ourselves more. Um, so that's what we did. And we pushed ourselves to, to write uh, Two Minds. And we're so glad we did because it's a much, much better record. And we, we can't wait uh, to get it out and share it with people. Um, and we're also really chuffed that we managed to meet meet the 1st of January as, as planned because there was times where we didn't think we would. So, yeah. Well, I mean, we finished recording like just before second lockdown. Yeah. And like kind of looking back on that, that's, yeah, I'm very happy that we've hit that and we haven't had to make too many significant changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What went into the pr- production of it? Did you guys actually go to a studio? Did you guys record at home? Um, what What happened here? So, uh, we went to our good friend Ben Stewart-Brown, who lives in Harrogate, which is uh, it's about a 34-minute drive from York, and um, we recorded at his home studio, and he's got a pretty sweet setup, um, but it's really, it's, it's his spare bedroom that he's converted into a studio, um, and yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, it's just in his house, and it was really chilled. It was a nice environment, wasn't it, to, mm-hmm. to do it in? Um, and we'd done a lot of the tracking, but we'd done all the tracking other than the vocal tracking, and we were going to go back the next week um, to, to finish things off. Um, and then my wife tested positive for COVID, and she'd been for lunch with her, her friend who's a primary school teacher, and she, she tested positive for COVID, which meant that I had to self-isolate for 14 days. Um and that we were like, oh no, what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. Luckily, I had some, you know, you know, relatively decent recording gear at home. But I didn't have a mic, so I, you know, I invested in it in a microphone and everything else that I needed. Um, and I recorded, I would say, about 80, 85% of the EP vocals. Yeah, she rediddled them, didn't it? Yeah, in my house. Um, so yeah, the recording process didn't go as planned, but in the end, we we think it went better because of that because i could spend even more time just chilling out doing a bit of vocals and you know just going back to it to, to patch things up so it was scary for about 30 minutes until i got got on the internet and ordered a mic and i was like oh, i feel better <laughs> mrs o is okay everything's fine yeah she's great she's doing absolutely fine yeah um, she, she was she was in bed for like two days um, with a really bad cough bless her um but then she was cool, and I'm pretty sure I had it, but I think I'm asymptomatic because I didn't feel a thing. So, okay, perfect. I see here, Harrogate. It's a spa town in North Yorkshire, England. Did you guys go to the Don't spa? <laughs> no, sadly not. Sadly not. And I think, to be fair, a spa would probably be the worst place in the world when there's a virus going around. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I mean, the polls for three consecutive years, 2013 to 2015, voted the town as the happiest place to live in Britain. 
Oh, well, really? Yeah. I don't know what they changed after 2015, but uh, for those (laughs) three consecutive years, it was the happiest place to live in Britain. Maybe that's when Old South started to go (laughs) to Beautiful. All right. Uh, So true story. You guys might get a kick out of this. Uh, For Thanksgiving this year, we kept it uh, small. And Canadian Thanksgiving is in October, actually. Uh, so this was back in October. Uh, but the real- <laughs> sorry, the real Thanksgiving. The real Thanksgiving is uh, yeah. yeah in October. Uh, the fake one, the one they have down in the states, is in November. And um, we decided, or I decided anyway, because last minute we didn't make any rolls or anything for dinner. And I was like, "What if I made some some Yorkshire puddings? What if I did that?" And my wife was like. You're a silly goose. You can't do that in our house. And I was like, <laughs> of course I can. Watch me. Uh, and we did. I, I'm a chef. We did it in culinary school. I learned how to do it. Uh, problem, we didn't have the right kind of tin. So it was silicone, mm-hmm. and it never got hot enough. So they pretty much just deep fried. And we had these like gooey, deep fried, disgusting Yorkshire pudding things that we <laughs> kind of tasted like cheese. It was because uh, it's a custard, so it sounds pretty good, man. <laughs> it, it, it was a revolution. It was a, it was totally cool. I dug it, and I figured now that I get a chance to chat with somebody from York, it'd be a fun conversation. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> you, oh, you could put like you could make like dumplings. You, you should have put some actual cheese inside of it, and then wrapped it in the batter, and then deep fried it. Mm-hmm. Oh. But then we're, like, so far away from a Yorkshire pudding. We are pretty far away from a Yorkshire pudding already. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I don't have any Yorkshire pudding tips for you, by the way. Oh. No, we can just buy them for, like, oven-ready here. Oh, well, like, I mean, homemade is best, but, like... I mean, uh, there's some pretty good oven-ready ones. Yeah. I'm having them, like, at least twice a week now. I'm <laughs> Getting into the festive period. <laughs> it's just Yorkshire pudding. All the time. Oh man, how's COVID been for you? Well, I'm doing the oven ready Yorkies. It's been. Uh... <laughs> oh god, it must be bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, tip for you, man. Like you're a chef. You just said this. You, but you just make a make a massive Yorkshire pudding. Just make a big bowl out of it. If you've got like a cake tin or something, mm-hmm. just just make a huge one. And like Ray just said, have you ever had a Yorkshire pudding wrap? No. <clears throat> So there's there's a there's a place in York name drop now. Feel free to sponsor us. It's called, it's called the York Ogros Company, and um, they do so they they make a, a big Yorkshire pudding, big round Yorkshire pudding, like a like a um, tortilla. like a tortilla. They put the roast dinner inside, so like all your veg, your meat, your gravy, stuffing, um, and whatever sort of sauces you want. They wrap it up, put it in a panini press, what? and um, away you go. Pretty cool. What? What? <laughs> He's looking for it. Mind yeah. blown. There's pictures of this on the internet. Yeah. I can't believe England's got to a point where we've like gentrified roast dinners. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a burrito, but for a roast dinner. Yeah, man. It's super tasty as well. I just wouldn't doubt it. Mind blown. I'm going to show the wife and she's just going to, she's not going to be happy, but Hey, get those on the table. (laughs) That's right. Oh, man. Talk about a sonnet for sorrow. I'll be lost, but at least there'll be two minds in this population of 444 with one seat in the hall. 
Groovy. All right. Well, boys, that concludes my questions. Unless there's anything that you guys wanted to bring up, um, I just wanted to thank you for coming on to the Rock and Roll Podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, as you say, two man DPs out on the first of January, and uh, four 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 or four forty four, whatever you want to call it, is out now. So give it a listen. 